Welcome to WFUV's What's What? It's Wednesday, February 8th. What's What? is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Let's see What's What? in the Big Apple. President Biden gave his State of the Union address last night. The president applauded the economic achievements and legislative progress since his inauguration. He also discussed areas for future improvement, including police reform, creating new jobs, ensuring the survival of Medicare, and increasing taxes for high-income civilians. The president asked for bipartisan support on these issues. In attendance at the address were Tyree Nichols' parents, the young man killed by police officers in Memphis earlier this year, and national hero Brandon Say, who disarmed a gunman during a Lunar New Year celebration in California. After the event, New York Governor Kathy Hochul released a statement thanking President Biden and New Yorkers for their efforts. However, she added that there is more to be done to make New York a safer and more affordable place. This includes backing President Biden's focus on reforming gun laws and the housing crisis. She said the goal is to make the New York dream a reality for all. The Department of Transportation is enacting some major shifts. Firstly, it will be increasing its car share program over the next two weeks. This program was designed to reduce the number of independently owned vehicles in the city, while still giving people the option to drive if they need to. 80 new curbside parking spaces in Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx will be added to the previous 230 spaces that were created as a part of the pilot test. The DOT found the pilot reduced greenhouse gas emissions by 7% and reduced vehicle miles traveled by 6%. Next, Commissioner of the City Department of Transportation, Adonis Rodriguez, is calling for lawmakers to lower New York's driving while intoxicated limit to 0.05 under a new bill. That's 0.03 lower than the current limit. The goal of the bill is to diminish accidents caused by drunk drivers, which reportedly cause more than 30 percent of fatal crashes in New York, according to state police. The legislation is currently being discussed by the Senate committee. In more transportation news, the MTA has unveiled its modernized R211 subway model. The new trains will feature an open gangway style so riders can move between cars seamlessly during their journey. The R211s will also have wider doors for accessibility improvements, digital displays for station information, and security cameras. The new subway cars are currently undergoing testing and are expected to make their way onto the tracks by the end of this year. Mayor Adams has announced the opening of a sixth humanitarian emergency response and relief migrant center at the Holiday Inn in the financial district. The city has seen the arrival of more than 44,000 migrants since last April. The new center will open up 492 rooms to house adult families and single adult women. In a press release yesterday, Mayor Adams said that while the city is meeting their moral obligations, they are in need of additional support from federal partners. He said he hopes the center can offer families support until they can get to their final destination. This morning, Westchester County Executive George Latimer announced the Black Maternal Child Health Initiative. WFUV's Grace Galbrep has the story. On Wednesday, February 8th, the Westchester County government launched their Black Maternal Health Initiative. The initiative will use almost a million dollars of county funds and will include a collaboration with several local Westchester County organizations. The plan will ensure widespread access to health care resources and allow for further staff sensitivity training in Westchester County hospitals. 
Westchester County Commissioner of Health, Dr. Sherilita Amler, highlighted the board's eagerness to improve health care access. We hope to help black mothers and infants make measurable improvements to their health by assuring that they have access to quality care before and after birth. Westchester County will be joining several other counties and states in working to improve health care access for all. For WFUV News, I'm Grace Galbraith. The death toll in Turkey and Syria has increased to over 11,000 casualties after the earthquake on Monday. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan made his first visit to the affected area today. He says the government will provide necessary aid, but citizens worry about how long the support will last. France also announced today that they plan to send a field hospital to help. If you hop onto Google, there's always a doodle that sits above the search bar. If you click on it today, you're greeted by American Haitian model Mama Cax. Mama Cax broke barriers in the fashion industry, often showing off her prosthetic right leg. She suffered from bone and lung cancer, but never let it stop her from walking down the runway. She passed away in 2019, but her memory lives on. Google's doodle marks Mama Cax's first time appearing at New York Fashion Week. And Barbara Streisand is finally releasing her memoir, My Name is Barbara. The memoir was first announced in 2015. Streisand has expressed anxiety over discussing her private life before, but now decided it was time to tell her story. And she has a lot to say about her storied career. The memoir is over a thousand pages long. My Name is Barbara will be released on November 7th. And some light entertainment history for you. Today in 1975, Bob Dylan's 15th studio album, Blood on the Tracks, went to number one on the US chart. This was his second album to reach number one and has since become one of his best-selling studio releases. And now I'm going to hand it back over to my co-host, Taylor Massetta, to give us the lowdown on the latest sporting headlines. Thanks, Maya. LeBron James made history last night, finally breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's NBA scoring record. With 38,390 points scored over his 20-year career, James is now NBA's all-time leading scorer. The long-anticipated moment happened during a matchup between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Coming into the game, James needed to score 36 points to break the 40-year-old record. With 10 seconds left in the third quarter, James cemented his name in the history books with a quick fadeaway jumper. A visibly emotional James was quickly surrounded by friends and family, as the game paused for about 10 minutes to celebrate this achievement. While the Lakers ended up falling to the Thunder, it's a night the team will never forget. Thanks, Taylor. Every month, we bring you Fordham Conversations. This month, Focon host David Escobar spoke with historian Jeff Cobb about how he's preserving history through storytelling. Oral history is, is incredibly rich. People die and they move on and we lose their stories. That was Jeff Cobb. I talked with him for this week's Fordham Conversations feature about the work he's doing in the Bronx to uncover the lost stories of Irish immigrants. Here's an excerpt from our conversation. How did the Bronx Irish History Project start? What's interesting for me is I live in Brooklyn and I've written four books about, uh, about the Irish in Brooklyn. So I know my borough very well, and I know Manhattan fairly well. But uh, the Bronx was kind of a, though I knew some things about it, uh, there's still a, a lot that I have to learn. So it's exploring different aspects of, of the Irish history in the Bronx and, and learning 
you know, Irish people have, have come to the Bronx for, for a long time. And a lot of them were actually quite poor. I mean, areas that we don't think of uh, as having Irish populations today, for instance, the South Bronx once had a, a you know an Irish population. Uh, one who comes to mind is a man called Mike Quill. Well, sir, I believe that all civil service employees should have the right to strike. They should have the right to genuine collective bargaining. They should have the right to a union shop agreement, to a signed contract, to grievance machinery. They should have all the rights that every other American citizen have. Basically, everybody who drives a bus or, or drives a subway, uh, they belong to this union that Michael Quayle founded. Another Irish woman who, also in the South Bronx, was a woman called Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, who was probably the most prominent female labor organizer uh, of the 20th century, an absolutely dynamic uh, speaker. She's also a founder of the American Civil Liberties Union. What was the yeah. Irish experience in the Bronx? It, it's interesting. So uh, I published a book about two years ago uh, on the history of the Irish in New York State. And the one thing that I realized is there actually is no average or typical Irish-American it's a large community. The Bronx is a huge community that spans several generations. And there's a, just a huge diversity within that community. So to, to kind of say that there is a, a stereotype, I think, or, or a prototypical Irish-American, um, there's no prototypical African-American. It's a community with huge diversity. Uh, the same thing with Jewish-Americans. And I'd say the same thing about, about Irish-Americans. You know, so... You have people on the far left, like the two figures that I talked about, but then, you know, you also have people who are, uh, you know, construction workers who'd be Trump supporters and very, very far to the right. So that's, it's just the nature of our community. There's a, a tremendous amount of diversity within it. What about this project and this moment, what makes it important to you? From the other historical work that I've done in my own neighborhood, in my own borough, uh, I realized that oral history is, is incredibly rich. People die and they move on and we lose their stories. People have incredible uh, memories and incredible stories to share. But if we don't find these people, we don't preserve their stories. When people listen to the various interviews that we do, especially Irish Americans, will get a, a much better understanding or picture of not only the present day Irish community in the Bronx, but its historical roots and its historical antecedents. That was WFUV's David Escobar talking to Jeff Cobb about the Bronx Irish History Project. Fordham Conversations enlists the help of the Fordham University community to tell stories about our world. And that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Masetta. And I'm Maya Sargent. Check back with us tomorrow at three o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>